Antes de sentarse, antes de ustedes ubicar su lugar, por favor. Dios habita en las alabanzas de su pueblo. You really can't separate before you're seated. You just want to do one thing here, and it's not an exercise. It's, you'll, you'll understand. It's not some sort of triggering, emotional, manipulative strategy for the purpose of enticing some sort of exuberant manifestation via the conduit of vocal cords contracting and expanding for the moment. No. Something really happens when we legitimately praise. We don't praise because it's a religious exercise. We don't praise because it's a ritual. We don't praise because we praise because God inhabits. I'm going to do that one more time. Psalm 22, verse 3. God doesn't casually pass by, browse, look over. God inhabits. He inhabits. El ocupa. He inhabits the praises of his people. You, I don't know if you really understand what that means. We look over at it and go like, yeah, 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 yeah. No. Every time it's God's algorithm for the presence. When we praise, God shows up. When we pray, God shows up. When we praise, God shows up. And when God shows up, every devil has to run out. Every demon has to flee. Anxiety has to flee. Depression has to flee. Fear has to Are there any worshipers? why we praise. Are there any questions? Yeah. That, that praise activates the presence and then all things are possible. To believe that all things are possible from Genesis to Revelation, that concept of belief in the presence, in the power, in the purpose, in the plans, in the provision, promotion, and protection in the A to Z of God is called faith. Faith. We are people of faith. I'll repeat that for the hearing impaired. We are people of faith. You want to be seated? Go ahead for, for a second. You won't be seated for too long. We're gonna, we're, it's going to be a wham-bam. Thank you, Sam. Um, but we are people of faith. We are not people of fear. We're people of faith. We're not people bound by anxiety, depression, despair, discouragement. We are people of faith people. When people of faith, we're, and I'm not talking about like the casual, religious, nominal, complacent faith. I'm talking about the kind of cuckoo for cocoa puff faith. The kind of faith where you believe God for the impossible. Where you declare and decree the incredible where you know that the invisible will become visible. I believe, no joke, no hype, there's enough faith in this room to see miracles like we have never seen before. There's enough faith in this auditorium that by the time you get back home to your city, to your nation, wherever there was darkness, there will be light. Wherever there was trauma, there will be testimony. Is there enough faith in this room to believe that in 2024, your entire family will be saved? Somebody shout like you believe it and praise like you know it. We believe. If you have that faith, that Hebrews 11, 1, that faith that is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen, that Matthew 21, 22, if you pray, believing by faith, you will receive it. That Hebrews 11, 6, the faith that, if you have that faith that pleases God, high five two people and tell them, I believe. 
Matter of fact, high-five the neighbor you like the most and tell him, I believe. High-five the neighbor you barely tolerate and tell him, I believe. High-five the neighbor that doesn't want you to high-five them. Go to that neighbor and touch him. Tell him, neighbor, I believe. I have faith. I have the faith in Jesus and the faith of Jesus through his Holy Spirit. Now, in full disclosure, I heard the Holy Spirit, and I say this with fear and trembling again. Fear and trembling, because there's a fine line between the prophetic and the pathetic. So with fear and trembling, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me to share these three words with you today. Repeat after me. Say faith, fire, favor. If you're on your iPhones, take out your iPhones. Put these three words down. If you have Android phones, please get an iPhone. For the sake of all of us and the group chat, get an iPhone. Set yourself free. But regardless, we don't discriminate here. You can take it out. And yes, faith, fire here. Um, we have faith, right? People of faith. We just laid it out. What if I tell you that sometimes that faith gets tested? Matter of fact, I will show you without any ambiguity, and I like to use this phrase because it's legit. Do your biblical due diligence. Test it. Go ahead. Verify. Trust but verify. Go in there. From Genesis to Revelation, every single person that God ever used to bring about transformation, the societal architects and cultural reformers, the kings and the prophets, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, exhorters, that carried glory, that carried weight, all of them had their faith tested. There's not one exception to the rule. Every single person of faith had that faith go through the fire. That faith must be tested. If your faith has never been tested for the next 21 minutes, get on your phone, watch something. But if your faith has been tested, if your faith has been through the fire, here's the word of the Lord. If your faith has been through the fire, if your faith has been tested, if all hell released satanic krakens for the purpose of stifling your God-ordained purpose and destiny, if you've been through the proverbial ringer, if you've been to the valley of the shadow of death, if you have battle scars to prove it, if you've been through hell and high water, I need you to put a smile on your face. So help me, God, if your faith has been through the fire, I'm, I'm prophesying now. If this is you, praise like it's all you. Matter of fact, if it's you, tell three people favor. Say it like you believe it. Tell them favor. Come on, prophesy and say favor. I dare you to look at them and tell them 2024 will be the year for you and your house of God's favor. substantiated to make it legal that's how we make it legal through the word there is a biblical narrative that encapsulates the idea of faith going through the fire with the outcome being favor one biblical narrative many but one that truly undergirds it here it is Daniel chapter 3 Y'all know the story. We're going to just jump, skip verses here. Verse number four. Y'all know the story. So I'm going to bypass some of the nominative descriptors around and get to the point of it. Bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's goat statue. Anyone who refuses to bow will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, verse 23, fell into the roaring flames. These are young men who had faith. Their faith went through the fire. But suddenly, somebody say suddenly. 
Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, su majestad. De igual manera lo hicimos, they replied, because they were from Mexico. Verse 25, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth one, that one looks like a god. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Verse 27, the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Watch that. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. I love this phrasing. Read it. They did not even smell of smoke. I dare you to open up your mouth and declare after me, I've been through hell, but I still smell like heaven. I've been through hell, but I still smell like heaven. I've been through hell, but I still smell like heaven. I've been through hell, but I'm still anointed. I've been through hell, but I'm still blessed. I've been through hell, but I'm still going from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. When faith goes through the fire, the outcome is favor. Cuando la fe pasa por el fuego, el resultado es el favor. When faith goes through the fire, the outcome is favor. Somebody shout favor. Faith becomes favor when you refuse to bow. I'll repeat that. Faith becomes favor when you refuse to bow. You will come out smelling like heaven when you refuse to worship the God of Babylon. Bow to the ground, worship. We are a prophetic minority living in a pathetic world. And to a great degree, we're living spiritually and morally around the world in a new era of Babylonian captivity. The enemy wants you to bow down and worship the lies. When you bow, you worship. When you bow, you surrender. When you bow, you submit. And there are people bowing to lies and fears and ideologies and trauma and drama. But praise be God, I didn't travel all the way from L.A. to Melbourne, Australia for just, I had a gig. Nope. I traveled to be in touch with a generation that will not bow to the lies of Nebuchadnezzar. I don't want to be presumptuous. Is there anyone here committed never to bowing to the lies? Is there anyone here committed? Is there anyone here with enough faith to say, as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord and we will never bow to the lies? We will not bow. We are a John 8, 32 generation generation that knows the truth and that truth set us free we will not bow to lies but I promise you this today I'm scheduled by the grace of God to do an interview on Fox but one day Fox CNN MSNBC ABC here BBC over there you name all the different acronyms over there in the States ABC NBC CBS you down to OPP you know me whatever it may be I guarantee you every network is gonna have to cover the fact that one day Every knee will bow. The day is coming where every knee will bow. Every president will bow. Every king will bow. Every influencer will bow. How many believe that one day cancer will bow? Diabetes will bow. Will bow. I feel the anointing. Pornography will bow. Addiction will bow. Racism will bow. Violence will bow. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Oh. Somebody shout like you believe. Philippians 2, 10 and 11. Faith becomes favor the moment you believe and declare that God is able. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown in here, the God whom we serve is able. He's able. He will rescue us, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we'll make it clear to you that we will never serve your gods or worship the goat statue you set up. Some, three words, God is able. Someone say, God is able. 
three words that shift the atmosphere from sorrow to joy and fear to faith. Three words that make room for the impossible. The moment it becomes impossible, it officially belongs to God. Luke 1.37, the word of God never fails. Somebody say, God is able. We are the generation that believes that God is able. Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. Can I just declare prophetically that 2024 will be the year of exceedingly abundantly above all anything and everything you could ever imagine. I'm going to say that one more time. For you, for your home, for your church, for your ministry, for your calling, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all anything and everything you could ever. I'm going to do it one more time. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. Somebody shout, God is able. Look at your family and say, God is able. Look at your future and declare God is able. Look at your health and say God is able. Jude 1.24, God is able to keep you from falling. Romans 4.21, God is able to fulfill his promise. God is able. So I invited Shadrach, Michigan, and Abednego. Come on in here. Shadrach, Michigan, and Abednego, come in. Venga, muchacho, por favor. Le voy a mostrar algo. This is so cool. This is so good. Aquí, se me quedan acá. Jesus, you show up everywhere. Give me a second, Jesus. Jesus on steroids. Don't judge. So they got together. This is so cool. They went in there. Faith went into the fire. Because sometimes faith has to go to the fire. I would even argue, and this may be theologically controversial to some, in order for faith to become favor, it has to go through the fire. It has to go through the fire. It has to be forged. It has to be proven. It has to be tested. Faith comes in, and when it comes out, it's favor. It goes through the fire. These three guys go in there. One of the things that intrigued me about this story is that they, Shadrach, Michigan, and, and, and Abednego got together, and like one of them couldn't have broken ranks. Like all three came in agreement. And then you're missing it. Like mathematical probability. Three guys, you all bow or you die. You bow or you become barbecue. What say you? This guy says, nah, I'm not gonna bow. I'm not gonna bow. I'm not gonna bow. Now what are the chances, all three? Like couldn't one of them at least said, Guys, love y'all, deuces, you're on your own. <laughs> right? At least one. Going there. And then one of them could have done like the, the religious thing, which has some practical application on the negative. What does that mean? One of them could have said, this guy could have said, hey guys, you're on your own, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to bow, but then I'm going to ask for forgiveness. Which means I get saved, and I did not die. The only thing is that you're right. Confess, First John chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. You confess, you're forgiven, it's done, it's beautiful. But favor is only reserved for those that refuse to bow. They didn't break ranks. By the way, this should prompt something. Why did, why did God show up in this fiery furnace? There is a promise in Matthew chapter 18. Anyone know the promise? where two or three gather in my name. This is an Old Testament fulfillment of a promise. Some would argue it's a Christophany, a manifestation of Jesus in the Old Testament. But he shows up here because two or three came in agreement. I'm here to tell you, you come in to surround yourself with people that come in agreement for what God has ordained in your life. I'm going to say that one more time. In 2024, God's going to surround you with people that will come in agreement for everything God has ordained and promised for your life. You will no longer be surrounded by people that have never borne fruit. You will be surrounded by people that come in agreement for everything that God has ordained in your life. High five your neighbor. Tell him I come in agreement. Tell your other neighbor I come in agreement. Never step into one of life's furnaces by yourself. Never go into the fire by yourself. 
Surround yourself with people that pray with you and for you. Surround yourself with people that come in agreement with you and for you. They came in agreement. They gathered. They stood. They stood. They came in agreement. They gathered. The Bible said they stood up in that fire. They did not bow. I'm going to be very transparent here. I went through a season last year. I went through my fire. I went through a fire season. Let me explain. I lived this, I lived this out. The whole faith, fire, favor. I've lived it out in the past 12 months since I was here last. Something happened to us last year in our church in California. Um, our, by the grace of God, only by the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 10, we experienced in our church some pretty phenomenal God-ordained growth. Came from him. He's the Lord of the harvest. He released it. The Holy Spirit adds on daily to the church book of Acts. So our church grew coming out of COVID. And it grew to such a degree that we received a notice from the county in Sacramento telling us we had too many people attending our services. And that we have to make modifications. And they went in there and they, and they went in there repeatedly and warned us and warned us and said, y'all have too many people. And we already have multiple services. How many more can we possibly have? And how much caffeine can I possibly drink in order to preach more? So, so it's like, oh, dude, this is pretty. So we needed a place. All of a sudden, I get a call. Now notice, we get this. We, the church blows up. God's bringing people. And then we get, we get a call. This is the call I got. Pastor Sam, I'm going to be ethically nuanced here to protect just names, but a, a major ministry in Northern California called me up and said, Pastor Sam, um, listen, we have, this, we, have, we have this opportunity for you. Here it is. Our church ministry in Northern California on 40-plus acres of and, and worth something in the neighborhood between 75, 80 million dollars. We have three auditoriums, 3,000, one that fits 1,018, and the other one that fits about 300. And, and we have a school and all that. Our church did not survive COVID. We would like to see if you would be interested in merging, coming together, or taking over the ministry. Would this interest you? Of course, what did I say? Yes, of course it would. So we began initial conversations. We had preliminary conversations, more than five conversations regarding the initial planning, what it looks like, you know, the, the deliberative, you know, initial due diligence. And then it happened. Then I got the call. Pastor Sam, after all these conversations, we've decided, let's make it happen. We would like you to come in with your board members to our church, to our boardroom, and we want to begin. Let's sign an MOU and begin to execute accordingly a path of this merger, for lack of a better phrase. So that was it. We're going to meet with our boards and we're going to make it happen. So I met with my team. There was never a layout of the questions. They never, like, prepared me for what questions they would ask. This is the interview process. So I met with my team. I gathered my board across the street from the church in a coffee establishment whose name I will not mention is the one with Jezebel on the cup. So I, 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 I'm, so, so we gathered in that coffee establishment and I had my almond milk latte. Um, and, and everybody around, and then we talked about, what questions? They go, I have no idea. They don't really want to disclose the questions. Properly fiduciary governance, integration of systems, marketing, uh, possible attrition regarding current employment in, on their side, uh, risk management, of course, uh, liability, uh, loss, all that. We went through that, and I even went, maybe, will we have a Spanish service, a Slavic service, et cetera, et cetera. They may even ask me, Pastor Sam, why do you preach and speak so fast? Questions that are totally appropriate, right? So, so. So we did, we did, we got, we, we, I put on my jacket, y'all ready, let's do this. So we walked across the street, actually we drove across the street, and we went into the parking lot, got off, sat down, and they were waiting, and, and it's a formal meeting, there's the board, there's the pastor. I come in, they sit me here, and here's my board. And I take a seat, <sighs> ready. They look at me, the guy across the table looks at me and says, Pastor Sam, thank you for coming with your board. We want to begin. We want to ask you the first question. So I'm ready. My mind is wired. I'm going, all right, know your stuff. I go, yes. The guy looks at me and says this. He looks. He says, Pastor Sam, we want you to know that our church, we lean, we lean left. We want to know where do you lean. Now you need to put this in perspective. This is my face. Cameraman, give me a tight shot. There are witnesses here, so I'm not making any of this up. This is, this is my face.
where do you lean? Because I'd never expect, like, what? What? So, my, first of all, and, and I know that I preach and I have a calling for preaching and we, and we do movies, we produce movies and all that, but, but, but I make, I'm a comedian. So the first thing that went to my mind, I'm not making this up, is, hey, Sam, you have enough comedy here for the next three to five years. <laughs> you have an act here, buddy. Just, just blow it up. Blow. So, and I'm going, and then the second thing that hit me is, there was a sign and a wonder that took place right there. I'm going to tell you what it is. Nothing came out of my mouth. <sighs> nothing. So help me, nothing. So, so I'm, nothing's coming out. Pastor Sam, where you lean left? Where do you lean? I'm going. And the reason why nothing came out is because I'm having a fight with the Holy Spirit. I am. The Holy Spirit's telling me, all right, Sammy, say it. Answer. And I didn't want to. Because if I would answer what the Holy Spirit wanted me to say, we would lose that building, which we did. And, and I'm going, no, I don't, I want to, I want to give the politically correct answer so bad. I, want to, I, don't, I don't even know what he means by this, but let me just, but just answer, answer, answer. So I finally, I put up my head like this. And my, my team is looking at me like, say, pastor, say something. Like, like, pastor, say. So I finally look up and I go, thank you for your question. <laughs> thank you. We have great due deference at our church. We don't lean. We stand. We stand. We stand. Hey, planet shakers, we don't need Christians that lean left or right. We need a church that comes in agreement and stands. We need a church that will stand. Are there any standing believers in Melbourne, Australia? We stand on the word of God. Lift up your hands. We stand on the promises of God. We stand on the finished work of Christ. Everything the Bible calls holy, we call holy. Everything the Bible calls sin, we call sin. I'm going to be honest, I may not get invited again, but I'm tired of churches that lean one way or another. We don't need people to lead. We need a church that's... Somebody shout, I stand. I stand. Corinthians 16, 13, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Stop leaning, start standing. Stand up for biblical truth. I'm going to say it again. Stand up for biblical truth. I'm going to do it again. Stand up for biblical truth. Stand up for righteousness and justice. Stand up for our children and our children's children and our children's children's children. Stand up for holy sexuality. Stand up for the family. Stand up for godliness. Stand up for life. Stand up for religious liberty. Stand up for biblical justice. Stand up for racial unity. Stand up for the gospel. Don't lead. Stand. And do not just stand up in the church conference. leaning and you're standing even in the midst of the fire raise one hand if you're committed to standing in God's promises in the finished work of Christ and the truth of the gospel lift up both hands stand the enemy wants you to lean the enemy wants you to bow God calls you to stand 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 first John 4 4 you belong to God you dear children have won the victory because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. 
is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is inside of you than all the devils and demons outside of you. Greater is the anointing that lives inside of you than all that adversity in front of you. Greater is the word that lives in you than the world attempting to corrupt you. All right, stand with me. You are sin. John 14, 12 promises that if we stand in his name, whatsoever you ask in my name, that I shall do for the Father to be glorified and Son, even greater things. Stand. All right? Come here, Jesus. Faith becomes favor. Faith becomes favor when we refuse to bow to the lies of the enemy. Faith becomes favor when we declare God is able. Faith becomes favor when we have audacious faith to stand and come in agreement with others around us for the same prophetically outlined outcome. And faith becomes favor when the fourth man shows up in the fire. Watch this. I'm going to show you something. Fourth man shows up. I want you all to do this. The Bible says they were walking around in it, so we're just living out the word. All I want you to do is go around the fourth man. Go ahead. Just go around. Go around, go around. Anybody here suffering from vertigo, let me know. Because this, this really happened. Um, so here's the final point as you're already standing. Here it is. I'm ready for this. Nebuchadnezzar comes up. After he put them in there and all that, he comes back sometime later. To, oh, uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Déjame contar de nuevo, por favor. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Uno, dos, tres, cuatro. Here's the stuff that you may never have heard of, never have seen. The Bible says, how about this? The Bible never says that this guy, this guy, or that guy ever saw the fourth man in the fire. No, you want to take out your Bible and read it? Show me where it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were fully cognizant of the fact that the fourth man, as a matter of fact, they were talking to him. They were having afternoon tea. They acknowledged it. No. The Bible never says the Hebrew boy ever saw him. Keep on walking. I'm going to tell you who saw him. Nebuchadnezzar saw the fourth man. Are you ready for this? Get over yourself. It doesn't matter if you see the fourth man in the fire. What matters is hell sees the fourth man. And whatever you're going The devil sees God. I promise you, the devil's legions, principalities, and powers of darkness see the blood of Jesus covering you. They see the angels covering you. I feel the Lord. Put a smile on your face and a shout on your lip. The fourth man is in your fire. The fourth man is in your fire. I said the fourth man is in your fire. Text somebody you love and tell them the fourth Stop here for a second. They never acknowledged seeing him. They were set free not based on what they saw. What did they do in the fire? They stood. Never bowed, never acquiesced. They just stood. The Bible says they were standing, they were walking around. Nebuchadnezzar sees. And then Nebuchadnezzar says, Ha, oh, I feel the Lord call him out. He says, Step out, step out. So, you three, 
I want you to step out. The moment they stepped out, read it. Nebuchadnezzar looked at them and says, I'm sorry, mea culpa. From now on, you're, you're God. <laughs> you guys don't have to bow again, and you're God. Everyone's going, and whoever speaks against your God, they end up their barbecue. And, and so he flips it, right? And then he says, but now the Bible says they were promoted to even higher places. That's called favor. I'm going to count to three. If your faith has been through the fire in the past three years, four year, five year, and you're ready to step into God's favor, run out of your seat and join me. One, two, three. Come in to step into favor. Go, 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 go. Step into favor. 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 Go, 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 go. lift up your hands. Sometimes God will save you from the fire. Sometimes God will save you in the fire. And sometimes God will save you with the fire. The moment the fourth man shows up, it becomes holy fire. It becomes holy fire. The moment the fourth man showed up, ownership changed and the outcome became inevitable. Romans 8, 28, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. 2 Thessalonians 3, 3, God is faithful to protect you from all harm and all evil. 1 John 5, 18, God's children do not make it a habit of sinning. He protects their children. Therefore, nothing will ever harm them. With both hands raised, your faith, my faith, sometimes in life, we have to go through that fire. But when faith comes out of the fire, it's no longer just faith. It is favor. It is favor when we refuse to bow to the lies of the enemy. And I don't mean just the external lies from culture and society. I mean primarily the lies we tell ourselves. It's our unbelief. It's our unforgiveness. It's lies about us, shame, condemnation. There's no reason, no way God's going to use us in spite of the lies we tell ourselves. The number one Judas that we will ever experience will not be an external threat or someone in our team or family. The number one Judas are the thoughts that betray us. We've got to overcome that. Faith becomes favor when we stand and come in agreement of others for the same holy outcome. Faith becomes favor when the fourth man shows up. Even when we don't acknowledge him there, when we don't see him in the minutiae, in the details of what's happening in life, we know he's there. And be, be assured of the fact that every vestige of darkness is fully cognizant of the fact that the creator of the universe is with you in the midst of what you're going through. So let's pray with your hands raised. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I receive this word. Say it like you believe it. I receive this word. I have faith. Faith in Christ. And through the Holy Spirit, the faith of Christ. I am a person of faith. I acknowledge that sometimes that faith has to go to the fire. I have been to the fire. Accordingly, based on this word, this impartation, I declare that 2024 will be for me and my house, me and my calling, 
me and my purpose in you, with you, and for you. This will be the year of God's favor like never before. Somebody prays like the devil's been defeated. Some, somebody shout like nothing can stand in your way. Somebody prophesy. If you receive this word in its entirety, go like this. Do me a favor, step out like this. Go ahead, just about. They stepped out. They received their promotion in the presence of Nebuchadnezzar. Get ready for God to bless you in the presence of those that broke you. I'm going to say that one more time. Get ready for God to use you in the presence of those that refused you. Get ready for God to lift you up in the presence of those that brought you down. Get ready for God to promote you in the presence of those that persecuted you. Get ready for God to crown you in the presence of the people that canceled you. And get ready for God to shine on you in the presence of those that shunned you. God will do it. Do not ever live to prove your haters wrong. Do not ever live to prove your family wrong. You are the proof. Your testimony is proof that the devil is a liar. What Jesus did for you is greater than what hell did to you, what life did to you, and what you did to yourself. Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. His stripes we are healed. That's it. So we're going to do it here. The favor of God will descend upon God's children in such a way. Those whose faith has gone through that fire. You're about to see that favor open doors. You're going to see doors open up in your favor. That's not like prophetic spaghetti on the wall, wishful thinking. Because you're coming out of the, so we're going to do it. And so I'm just going to ask you just to maybe take a step back real quick if you can. Because I'm going to ask you to step out. You're going to step out of that fire, that mental, emotional, relational fire. You're going to step out of that season. And you're going to step into favor. Now, if you think that's, oh, that's cute, Pastor Stan, that's really optimistic. That's Pollyannish. That's, that's just, that's good, like positive affirmation. Go get them, tiger. It sounds pretty good. I lived it out. I lost that. I lost that opportunity. I'm going to tell you what happened. Look how God, how God takes care of his children. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be very honest. My wife and I were in a pit. We were in a pit. I mean, we, first time in, in all my years of pastoring that I thought about, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, little question mark came up, right? And, and all of a sudden, and God says, yeah, watch. 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 I'm going to show you some stuff. And, was, and all of a sudden, I, I was doing a film, and, and that film was tanked during COVID, and it was put aside. It was tabled. I produced a film that was tabled because COVID messed things up, not making anything up. So well, that film was going to go nowhere. I mean, we, and all of a sudden I get, right after this, what a coincidence, right? Uh-huh. Right after this, I get a call. Pastor Sam, sit down. All right. You know, I'm already like in a pit. Sit down, Pastor Sam. I go, hey, man, I can't take any more bad news. Sit down, Pastor Sam. What is it? Pastor Sam, sit down. It's not bad news. What is it? Remember your film that was like shelf? Yeah. Well, guess what? A certain company just picked it up. And I go, that sounds good. And he go, no, it's, wait till you hear the company. I go, what do you mean? The company that picked it up is not your normal cup of tea. But this is a faith film, a family film. Like, who picked it up? And it went, hey, Pastor Sam, it's hit, it, come, here it is. Disney picked up your film, and it's going to take your film and put it on platforms all over the world. 
And that film came out. It's called Flaming Hot. It was the first film to come out on two platforms, Disney and Hulu. It was the number one streaming film of that season about a man who came to Jesus and then changed the industry of marketing. I'm going to tell you, when you come out of the fire, favor is waiting for you on the other side. about certain ministries in Southern California. And one of my spiritual sons says, hey, Pastor Sam, are you ready to inherit four campuses? Four campuses. And of course I said, yeah. <laughs> Favor. Final, final, final thing. Levante su mano. Raise your hands. Lord, activate every societal architect and cultural reformer. Every single person here, every lay person, every leader, every disciple maker, every pastor, every single person whose faith has been tested in the fire. It could be the, be the fire of illness. It could be the, the fire of challenges, economic challenges, relational challenges, whatever it may be, whatever fire they went through. I decree and declare by faith, by the authority of heaven, that this is the year of your favor. We will step into favor. Favor, 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 favor. We've been through hell, but we still smell like heaven. So I'm going to give the baton. I'm going to pass the baton over. Here's what I want you to do. You step back. When I count to three, I want you to step out of your fire and step into favor. Don't step in unless you truly believe that this is your season for God's favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for unbridled and unparalleled favor from heaven? Final question, will you be bothered if through the blessing that's coming your way, that blessing overflows and blesses the people that once harmed you? If you're okay with that, then you definitely qualify to step out. Ready? Here we go. At the count of three, you and your house, you're coming out of the fire. Everything changes. From this moment on, you will no longer be praying, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. That stops right here. You're never going to make that prayer again. From this moment on, this is your prayer. God, make me the greatest blessing to everyone that I know, that everyone that I meet. So don't limit yourself to God answer my prayer. This is where you say, God, make me the answer to someone else's prayer. Ready? Tell your neighbor, give me some room. You have no idea the fire I've been through, man. Give me some room. So on the count of three, you're going to step in. And not only are you going to step in, you're going to release the absolute greatest praise you've given him in the past five years. Are you ready? Tell your neighbor, move. I'm doing this for me and my familia, me and my house, me and my loved ones. You have no idea what I've been through, but I'm stepping in. My fire season is coming to an end right here, right now. Are you ready? One, two, one, two, three.
17 seconds on the clock. So here it is. I just sense in the Holy Spirit to do this. Please get, create some space. I want to ask every pastor, every pastor, minister who has been through the fire. You don't have to do this. You don't. But if you want to just provoke the biggest migraine that the devil has had for a while, if you want to prompt darkness to literally just shrivel up and flee, I would love you, pastor, minister, who has been through the fire, I would love you to come out of your seat. How many of you, this doesn't really matter. Pastor Russell, help me out with people that you would, that, that you know, I want to make sure it's, that it is pastors and ministers, the vetting process. But if that's you. Senior pastors. Senior pastors. Then when I, when I say now, come out of your seat at your discretion. Just join me on stage because it's a prophetic act. Clear the way. And as these pastors come up here, I need you to praise God. We're about to see churches come out of the fire and step into God's favor. Come out of your seat quickly, quickly, quickly. Expedite the process, Pastor. I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. I feel the Lord. Favor, 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 favor. I heard the Holy Spirit say, do this. Some of you all on this stage, you've been through the fire. Some of you are in the midst of it as we speak. And some of you have even questioned, hey, you know, I know you, I believe in you, I preach you, I, I don't deny you, but I just can't see you. I assure Double demon legion and principality is well aware of the fourth man in your fire. So I, I, I don't take this for granted. This is a humbling moment, a sacred trust. I do this with great due deference to each and every one of you and your corresponding mantles, offices, and calling. I fear the Lord and I respect you. But I've been there. Sometimes I walked around the fire broken, crying. So it wasn't like I was praising and shouting every single moment. I was walking in the fire, but I was discombobulated and I wanted to give up so bad. But I knew that I knew that I knew. I knew that I knew that he was able. And then I read, but if not, speaks to the sovereignty of God. If I don't get the outcome that I personally believe at this moment, regardless, you are sovereign. And you are God. In spite of me, you're still God. Put me aside, you're still God. You're not God because I say you're God. You're God because you are God. So we may look a little bit not necessarily just, it, it looks nominal, it looks simplistic, 
it looks like some sort of expanded illustration, but it isn't. It's a prophetic act. I, I want you all at your discretion again, no coercion, to step out of that. And I'm going to ask you to touch this line here, and it's on purpose. You're going to walk because the fires for pastors and ministers have different dynamics to them. And the fires that we go through are just, <laughs> that furnace is not like this. So I want you to walk as many steps as it takes. And this is the official stepping out of your fire lane. But I want you to get ready. In the name of Jesus, you are stepping into a season of God-ordained favor like you've never experienced before. I feel the Lord just like I... In Jesus' name, you're stepping into holy favor like you have never, ever experienced before. So when I count to three, I want you all to give God a shout, and I want every pastor and minister here to step out and experience the favor of God. Watch God show up. Are you ready? One, two, three. Give God a shout of... Final shout of the afternoon.